What do the music groups Zap, The Gap Band, Sequence, and Collage all have in common? Well, according to the lawsuits they filed, they all believe that the Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars 2014 hit was stolen from their respective songs. If Ronson and Mars are thieves, they're terrible ones. It took Ronson, Mars, and collaborators Philip Lawrence and Jeff Basker seven months to get the single together, despite the first verse coming together almost instantaneously. Quote, You can never get that spirit back, says Ronson. You try to write another verse and it seems forced because the first one was so natural. The song underwent countless revisions during those months, and tensions ran high as everyone involved argued over what direction to take the song in. I'd wait maybe a month until everyone's nerves cooled down and be like, hey, can we get back in and try working on that song again? Says Ronson. Eventually, we did get it. The final song wore its influences on its sleeve, especially the blatant references to the Trinidad James song, All Gold Everything, whose line was the starting point for the Ronson Mars single and eventually became its hook. In 2015, the Gap Band were credited as co-writers of the song as the influence of Oops Upside Your Head was undeniable. Collage and Zap dropped their lawsuits in 2018, though it's unclear what the resolution was. The single may not be a product of theft, at least not intentionally, but it did go on to steal the hearts and ears of listeners all over the world. The song topped the charts in 19 countries, including the U.S., where it spent 14 weeks at the top of the Billboard Hot 100, and it hit the top 10 in 15 other countries. An international phenomenon, the song featured in the TV show Glee, ads for L'Oreal Garnier and Skippy Peanut Butter, and took over Coldplay's halftime show at Super Bowl 50, where the song was performed by Mars, Ronson, Beyonce, and Coldplay's Chris Martin. Say the name, you know what song it is, that's right. We're talking Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars on Cover Me. Don't believe me, just watch. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one makes a dragon want to retire. I'm your host as always, The Snake, joined by my white gold co-host. Alex Mildenberger. Was that an intentional snort? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Mildenberger, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing alright. I'm doing fine. Um... Details. Uh, let's Details, see. Yeah, tell me everything. How's the weather <laughs> up there? Everything. Weather, pretty solid. Sun's shining. Um, it was cold before. It's not cold now. We nice. got over the whole snowing thing. Um, Dude, it snowed here this week. I was very disappointed in this city. Yeah, that's abnormal. That's unheard of. I have a flight. I'm going to. That's right. I'm going to Vancouver in about a month. About a month, baby. And uh, yeah, things are positive. Yeah, that's excellent, Alex. You're coming out to the 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 city by the bay, the city that never sleeps. Yep, that's uh, <laughs> that's both of those are Vancouver. That's right. <laughs> no, this this city has like a strict 10 p.m. curfew time. Not actually, but you know, I'm in bed early. Um, good, Alex. Great, great to hear that that's going on. Tell me about the theremin, though. What's going on in uh, this theremin? Not not much to talk about the theremin. I'll be honest. Um, I'm I'm still just finishing up the the finish. The uh, on the wood, um, I, still I, finishing that. Wood, I got to huh? do more more varnishing of things, and mm. I had painted some parts of it that I wasn't sure if I could varnish them. I think I can. I might need a different varnish. I'm not sure yet, but the paint kind of chipped, and I don't want that. Doesn't look no. very good. So uh, still just finishing up finishing up that wood, and then I can put it all together. It's just yeah. you know, I didn't I didn't 
I got to go over to my parents' place to do it because that's where it is. And that's where all the equipment is. So right. it's just slow because I can only work on it like a couple times a week. Mm. It's tough. It's going to yeah. get there, though. Oh, yeah. One, one day we'll, we'll hear about finished One day theremin. the theremin, it will just be a minute of me playing the theremin poorly because I'll have never Ooh. played a theremin before. Yeah, and like hooking it up to the audio. Can you, can you direct that into to your audio box? Yeah, I should be able to. There's Shit, other, yeah. cool. We're going to have a theremin theme song for theremin, which will also just be the rest of the minute, too. Yeah. <sighs> Exciting stuff. Looking forward to it. Alex, varnish. You do that when you're finishing wood stuff. When you finish cooking food... You put on a garnish. Hmm. What? Is that something? Am I onto something here? <laughs> you might be. Uh, could be one of those really obscure linguistic things where it's like, it's an old uh, suffix from like Middle German that means end or something. Right, yeah, like the end or like finishing touch or yeah. something. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. that thing's happen. That things Alex. happen. Sometimes things like that happen. Some, yeah, things, language. That's crazy, man. That's, it is. It's unreal. Um, my other question for you, Alex. What do you call somebody? Is, is there even such a thing as a, a musician who strictly plays the theremin? I, I think it's a thereminist. A thereminist. Yeah, it's a little weird because it's a miniminist in this. Theremininist. But, um, therem. I'm trying to think of another suffix that means person who plays an instrument other yeah, than ist. ist is the most like, common. It's pretty much just ist, right? Er, I guess, in the case of a drum. Are you a thereminer? Drum, ther- thereminer. Yeah, that sounds more like you're from theremin. Are you a theremino? Yeah, it does sound like you're from theremin. Yeah, well, I mean, if you're, if you're male and you play the theremin, you're a theremino. And if you're a female, <laughs> you're a theremina. Theremina. <laughs> well... That's just things you need to consider as you're building a theremin. Um, if you're a thereminist, theremino, theremina, or a thereminer, you know, just from theremin, hit us up. Let us know what the, the proper nomenclature is. We'd love to find out. Um, but before we find that out, which we're never going to find out, nobody's going to tell us that, but we're going to talk about just the, the biggest song of 2010s, probably. Uptown Funk, Alex. Yeah, probably, like... I mean, you mentioned how many countries it it did well in. Yeah, it's, a total of yeah. Let me just do the math there. That's thirty four countries. It was in the top ten. Yeah, which most is of those it was number one in. Insane because like this is one of the most significant and ubiquitous hits of the last. I mean, definitely the last ten years, possibly longer. Like I I don't even know what to compare it to. Yeah, I mean, we talked about. Often we'll talk about something that was early in our lives and how we're like, I just, I can't even perceive of life without that. Like, it feels like it was always there. Yeah. Um, Uptown Funk has a bit of that effect for me. Or I, like, I logically, I understand that it came out in 2014. Right. But it's just like. After we graduated from high school. High school. And like, we're in university or whatever mm-hmm. but it, it just feels like it's been there forever and some of that may be due to its uh stylization where of course it borrows heavily from 70s and 80s funk true. true but yeah it's hard for me to perceive of a time when this song wasn't around and just blasting on airwaves 24 7 yeah it's definitely like it's a it's a big hit it's a big hit and i yeah i like just can't conceive of 
Like, could you imagine going to a wedding and they didn't play Uptone Funk? Yeah. Like, how? What? Like, h- how? It's impossible. That invalidates the wedding. Yeah, whether it's a band or a DJ, I can't imagine. Yeah, somebody needs to be playing Uptown Funk. It's just going to be there, yeah. So, it's yeah, it's everywhere. And it's definitely one of those songs that you can get a little overexposed to. Oh, for sure. Uh, because <laughs> the, there's not a lot of songs that have more exposure than this song. That's just kind of yeah. one of the side effects of something being popular. I talked about being overexposed to Feel It Still at uh, Calgary Stampede and other festivals of that year when I was working. But fucking Uptown Funk, I think, was still playing at those festivals in 2017, not to mention when it like launched in 2015. Yeah. It, was, it was late 2014 release. Like, this song is ubiquitous. It's going to be ubiquitous, I think, for quite some time. It's just like a... It's just a staple of pop culture. Freaking gnarly, man. And like a hundred people wrote this there. <laughs> like if you looked at when we look at the, the credits or like the personnel section on Wikipedia for most songs, it's like four or five guys, maybe like upwards you get eight. I was gonna count these beforehand, but I didn't because I'm bad at my job. Song One, writing, two, song three, writing, four, song five, writing. six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three motherfuckers on this. Yeah, that's big. And it kind of shows in the song, I think maybe not thirty-three, but like there's a few different kind of sections that feel feel fairly different i guess i would say maybe that's not a side effect of there being so many people but there are a lot of people so maybe it does feel like it is uh and we'll talk about i guess maybe there's a lot of ways to approach this but in the lens of like all of these copyright suits which i think both do and don't have some weight um like this song seems to draw on a lot of history and draw on a lot of like pop history it is sort of a pop machine this song it's more of a it's more machine than song in some ways. Like it's built to be catchy and to you know to be successful, and that's why you got thirty three people credited on it. Yeah, and and with the lawsuits, it's like, how do you even like if you got a room full of thirty three people, and mm-hmm. you're like, and they all wrote this song, and you're like, hey, this part sounds like this other song, and they're looking around like, who wrote that part? Like what? <laughs> Did someone yeah. who did that? Like you can't you can't assign blame or anything. I guess. Yeah, you're a small so company like at that point. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird. Send an email blast. Okay, who ripped off sequence with "Funk You Up"? You're like, I don't like, fucking know. I've never even heard that song. Was that Lonnie? Like, no, I think it was Ronnie. Yeah, you're like, oh, I think it might have been Boo Mitchell. Honestly, you're like, Boo Mitchell's an engineer. Who let him on the fucking? <laughs> What's he doing here? He wasn't even in songwriting. Yeah. 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 Big production. Um, let's talk about those those copyright suits a little more because it's very um it's quite bizarre because in the example of Oops Upside Your Head by the Gap Band, it seems like a pretty clear reference. Oops upside your head. Oops upside your head. Mm-mm. Yeah, up it's very town, much funk like you up. Uptown funk you up. Rhythmically, but melodically, it's the same thing. Yeah, with different but that's words. also the same that that's also beat for beat the sequence in "Funk You Up" by the sequences. I'm a funk you up. I'm a funk you up, or whatever they say. But it's that same one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Like it's. And then I was like, yeah, I guess that is pretty common because there's also that song "Shake That Ass" where you shake 
that ass for me. Shake that ass yeah, for me. Yeah, and it's all... I mean, these kinds of lawsuits are always so weird. Because mm-hmm. the, the history of music is so, like, collaborative and... Not necessarily collaborative, but adaptive and, and iterative like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I heard it was a joke, but... Basically, like, the first song that ripped off another song was the second song, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, makes some sense. And you, anytime you dig into these these sorts of accusations, there's always like, oh, but there was also this older song that did something similar. And then there was this older song that did something similar. And then, like, maybe there was something older, but that's before recording existed. So now you're talking about, like, cultural practices and folk music and stuff like that that just gets passed down orally and by um performers for generations so it's like maybe this just went back thousands or let's be more conservative hundreds of years hundreds of years yeah and like and and that's just how we did it and it's just existed this whole time so it's like does it belong to this person who happened to record it i don't know yeah right like what's the difference between intellectual property and like tropes or staples or standards of a genre yeah and i mean i've heard some even like these are like you can point to a a section of the song and say hey this sounds just like this part but there's some Mm -hmm. very silly lawsuits as well about like hey this uses the same chord progression as this song it's like you're trying to tell me that that chord progression was never used before because that's ridiculous yeah can you imagine how many punk songs would be sued if like power chords belong to a guy? Like, yeah, if you just copyrighted power chords, and no one could make no one could make music anymore. Yeah, and that's where I find a lot of these claims going to is where you're like, oh yeah, these rhythm sections do sound similar on like bounce more bounce to the ounce and uh, uptown funk, but also it just sounds like a funk song, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, there was actually a, so there's a 1980s British TV show, I think, called The Really, Really Wild Show. And some people found that the horn section sounded similar. And they showed it to Mark Ronson on some broadcast. And he was like, um, yeah, so what I'm hearing here is that me and The Really, Really Wild Show are both equally influenced by Quincy Jones. Yeah. So it's, it's like, yeah, all right. We're all playing from the same pool of ideas to yeah. a certain extent. And like, there's only so many ways you can order notes. Like, there's a lot of them, but... Oh, yeah, for sure. It's less than infinity, and, you know, or maybe it is, I don't know. But, yeah, it's... I mean, even one that I know about, like, there were some accusations. Um, The uh, Hotel California by the Eagles just uses the same chord progression as um, a Jethro Tull song called... um, Hang on, I'm Hotel Alabama. (laughs) <laughs> we used to know it's called mm. and it's like and they toured together for a while so it's like oh did they steal it but it's like it's like four chords or something yeah. like that that they're just like yeah maybe they did think oh hey i like that chord progression i'm gonna use it like whatever yeah isn't that I, either you told me this or i read it somewhere but wasn't that like bob dylan's primary method of like writing new songs is he would hear a chord progression on a song and be like i'm gonna use that honestly probably Cause like, why wouldn't you? Like, I don't. Yeah. What are you just gonna be like? No, I gotta come up with a completely original chord progression. Well, you can't. I'm sorry. You can't. Like, <laughs> it's all been done before. Yeah. Yeah. So. All is to say, I think there's some validity in some of the claims. I'm glad the Gap Band got theirs from this, but 
I think some people are just kind of stretching when you see a song that's successful. You're like, I need, I'm trying to get my piece of the pie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably a more complex situation, especially when maybe they are stealing directly. But mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's coming off of a lot of, I guess, history and, <sighs> I'm t- what am I trying to say by this? Yeah, sometimes it just seems like a bit much, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think some, sometimes these, these lawsuits can get out of hand. And it's weird for me to say this, because I'm not like a Bruno Mars or Mark Ronson fan. Yeah, not running. in particular. Not, I don't dislike either. I'm, I really don't know Mark Ronson all that well, aside from this song. Right, he's more a producer, I think. Like, he's done some solo stuff, and it's weird that this is con- like, this is Mark Ronson featuring Bruno yeah. Mars, because I've always thought of this as a Bruno Mars song, because he's Most a singer. Most people do, I think. Um, and I've been like, wait, who's Mark Ronson? Did you say Mick Ronson? I thought he died. Like, <laughs> um, got a slide of David Bowie reference in there somewhere. Hell yeah. Uh, he also produced Back to Black, the Amy Winehouse album. Okay. Pretty good stuff there. So, like, good stuff he's worked there. on some interesting stuff over the years. Yeah. Um, he's also the stepson of Mick Jones. Oh. The, the guitarist from Foreigner. Oh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was reading an article. So, he's the, he's the stepson of guitarist Mick Jones. And he also... Not Mick I, Jones from The Clash. I was like... I no, was not that Mick Jones. Mick Jones. Okay. Different um, Mick Jones. And also has, like, writing credits on the Thundercats theme song from, like, the 80s. So he'd have been, like, eight years old. Oh, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, weird little character. Uh, So does that mean that Mick Jones wrote the Thundercats theme song and his stepson helped out? Stepson helped him? I'm not sure. I don't know who wrote the Thundercats theme song. Or he just like some new some yeah, that's weird. Anyway. I might have known somebody. Clearly new people in the business. Um, here's what I know is we're just about 20 minutes in. We got to start talking about yeah, these we gotta lyrics. Start talking about some lyrics. Uh, I mean, the lyrics don't have a whole lot of like, I guess it's, they kind of dance around the subject of what it's about kind of, but not really like, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, verse one is this song slaps and is for beautiful women. Yeah. Um, I'm very attractive. Verse two is like, I would like some liquor. I am being rich and living life to the fullest. Yeah. Let's have this um, party. And also women. The pre-course is about making women come and <laughs> uptown funk you up. Yeah. It's like, Oh, did you know this song is funky? I had figured it out, but yes. I love songs that talk about how good they are in the song. It's like... The song is just about how good the song is. You're like, this is something else. <laughs> I don't know how to prove it wrong, because I'm, I'm not in the long, but also, is it good lyrical content to be like, this song is very good, you like the song, it's super great. I mean, and the confidence works. Like, that's a really mm-hmm. big part of this song, is just that level of confidence. Yeah, the attitude, and that's yeah. going to come into play in a lot of the covers, or rather, it's going to be lacking in a few. Yeah. And um, so we get, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, yeah. Go ahead. No, sorry. I was, we get the intro, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's bass vocals. Apparently, what happened was, I think it was Philip Lawrence had a, like a, a bass line in mind. He was one of the collaborators on this. And he's like a music producer, I think, uh, a regular collaborator with Bruno Mars. Yeah, he's one of Bruno's boys I've written here. One of Bruno's um, boys. And, and he, there, he, he can't play bass, though, Philip Lawrence. He was like, here, let me lay it down. It sounds like this. Do, do. Do, 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 and they're like, that's tight as they're fuck. Like, we're just going to use that. 
which is one of the reasons why this song has like a million acapella, acapella versions. Yeah, fuck uh, me. Which we won't be talking about any of today. Good. <laughs> <laughs> After I like I was editing last week's episode and Pentatonix came on, I was like, why did I even put this on? Like, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Um, verse one, Alex. This hit that ice cold Michelle Pfeiffer that white gold. Let's talk about that. What does that mean, Alex? Um, well, apparently it's cocaine. It's yeah. all about cocaine. Which is uh, why Michelle I made Pfeiffer the was in sound Scarface, yeah. So she was like the wife character in Scarface, a movie about copious amounts of blow. But also ice cold. I guess ice is also a, a slang for cocaine. But also, you know, it's ice cold. It's 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 good. It's fresh. Um, and also, Pfeiffer. you're cool. And yeah, also, you're also cool. I thought ice. Oh well, no. You know what? I I I shouldn't be like. But that doesn't match with my knowledge of like drug slang terms because my knowledge of drug slang terms isn't great. Well, wait, wait, what's your knowledge of ice? Crystal meth? Oh, it might be. I'm looking up ice drug slang now. Yeah, meth street names. Anyway, like I'm wrong here, Alex. Anyway, white gold, yeah, but also uh, I like the note says um, because she is white and has blonde hair, so it's like she's white gold, but it's just another name for cocaine. She's also a white girl with Oscars. True. Um, Yeah, and she, uh, you know, she is, uh, she's also good, much like this song is good in Ice Cold. So, too, is Michelle Pfeiffer. She's an actress, so there's like a 90% chance she uses cocaine regularly. I don't, I don't think it's so much about the cocaine. It's really a reference to her being in Scarface, I think, rather than okay. <laughs> directly her drug. I think it is supposed to be she's a high-quality actor. She, you know, has Oscars and has been in hit films, some of them being Scarface. They were in white gold. And she also is white, has gold hair, and she has Oscars. So like the go. first two lines is just this song is very good. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer commented on that. She said on the Graham Norton show, I was incredibly flattered. It was very cool. It was a little embarrassing at times, you know, carpool with the kids and the song comes on. My son's like, and she imitates him shrinking to the, to the seat here being embarrassed or she's in an exercise class and the song comes on. But yeah, she loves the song. So yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a shout out in a, in a pop song. I, w- I wouldn't. Wouldn't fight that. You wouldn't fight it? What if it was mean? What if they're like, this thing is bad, like Alex milled in burger. I feel like, damn, who gave you my number? <laughs> <laughs> or something. Uh, I mean, uh, I guess, like, cause, so I guess there's two possible, like, depending on how it went, right? Because on the one hand, it's like, wow, why am I getting referenced? But on the other hand, if it fucks up your life enough, you can probably sue them for libel. Hey. So that's what you're in for is the libel to if they were like, <laughs> suits. Al- if, if like my boss was like, Alex, I mean, uh, yeah, you've been doing some good work here at our, at our company, but, uh, I just, I mean, you got a beef with a pop star. I just yeah. can't, um, he said your dick game's trash. We can't have that around here. <laughs> um, it's well known that we, we don't abide. Did you say dick game? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Uh, just making sure, uh, before I said it again. Uh, yeah, we just can't have someone with your dick game around here. Sorry, so we can't have wicked. We we can't have weak dick game at this company. Um, yeah. So then you can sue them for libel. That's what. There you go. Of course, I'll have to prove that you have good dick game in this scenario, which is tough. It's tough That's to do. <laughs> uh, moving uh, on though, 
This one's for them hood girls, them good girls, straight masterpieces. So this song is for all girls. Who are attractive. I suppose so. Or, or good or bad. Whether they're, they're good girls or hood girls. Yeah. Doing party things. Or maybe just regular things. But also in the city, specifically. It's a city song. City, yeah, it's, is, that referring, city slickers. is that referring to them with this next line? Is that referring to him who's styling Wylan living it up in the city? True, because he's, he's got chucks on with St. Laurent. I thought that was them at first, but then he says, gotta kiss myself. Yeah. I'm so, um, pretty- so it's gotta be, it's, he's gotta be just talking about himself the whole time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because he, yeah, he's saying this is, and then I yeah, guess that's so where the hood is. It's gotta be yeah. in a city, or generally. You need a neighborhood an to have a construct. hood. Yeah. So he's got Chuck's on with Saint Laurent, which is uh, Yves Saint Laurent. Yves Saint Laurent. YSO, if you will. Easel, um, as I'll say. Uh, and that is, you know, that's streetwear Chuck's with fancy brand clothing. Kind of an uptown funk, if you will. Kind of. I think, is it supposed to be like a contrast? Because it's like fancy jacket or whatever. Dirty with, ass sneakers, like, yeah. Yeah, sneakers of some kind. Which they don't wear in the music video, I don't think. No, they don't. Um, and it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's too hot. Because Hang on, hot. we're going to talk about Gotta Kiss inside. Myself, right, I'm So Pretty. Myself. Which is a James Brown sound. reference, or he, he says, I'll jump back, I want to kiss myself, and the song's super bad. Um, and apparently he would literally do, he would kiss his hand, which also happens in this music video. Another guy who said that was boxing champ Larry Holmes, who uh, did the same thing, kissed his own arms to make his point. And that's that's the history of people saying that they're so pretty and need to kiss themselves. Just gotta fuck myself. I'm so pretty. Damn. Damn. Well, the thing is, you kind of can't fuck yourself. Kissing yourself. I guess you can still kiss. You, you know, you think about kissing on the face. Mm-hmm. All this to say, I'm too hot. Yes. Hot damn. Hot damn. Uh, call the police and the fireman. Someone's got to put that. Yeah. Someone's got to put that fire out. Also, dragons. I'm too hot. Hot so damn. So hot. Not even Make a dragon want to retire, man. See, dragons' jobs, as I understand it, is to output heat. Yes. That's what they are. They're That's why they make sources. so much money. That's why they have the piles of gold. It's because they're, they're heaters for planet Earth. And, yeah, they're, uh, the utility companies are run by dragons. That's correct. And so Bruno Mars is so hot that dragons are like, well, we don't need to be around anymore. I can, I can retire early. Sit on my mounds of gold. Is that a dragon? Oh, that is a dragon. Hmm. Dragging these nuts around. Am I right? Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, say my name. You know who I am. I'm too hot. Hot damn. And my band bout that money. Break it down. Break it down. Yeah, I mean they're covering some pretty standard ground here. I'm great. Very cool. Women love me. I have money. Not just him, but his band. I, uh, and some people say the band is a reference to like a band of bills, which might be how some cool people call like thousand dollars, like a band. A band. Same way you call a large sum of cocaine a brick. I got a brick yeah. of cocaine. Yeah. I got because a band of bills. And but also his band being thirty three fucking people, he might as well say his startup company is about that money. Might as well. Might as well give him a shout out. So yeah, they're here to make money, have a good time, because they're, they're the shit. This song's so good, it's like Michelle Pfeiffer on Blow. That's, and then, girls hit your hallelujah, woo. Woo. Girls hit your hallelujah, woo. woo. 
Girls, hit your hallelujah, woo. Because Uptown Funk gonna give it to you. Uptown Funk gonna give it to you. Because Uptown Funk gonna give it to you. Saturday night, we in the spot. Don't believe me, just watch. Come on. Come on. So this is about coming, right? This is about orgasming? Seems to be. It's it, it's definitely has like a sexual feeling about it. Well, if I'm gonna give it to you. It's, you know. True. Giving it to you. This, I mean, later on, talking about funking you up. Yes, um, an obvious reference to fuck. And girls hitting, and then like a censored word, right? Like we throw in hallelujah. Oh, you think Seems it's like a, a censorship? I thought not, it was supposed not necessarily to be like a censored a, word, right? But it's like, like a, a euphemism. Yeah, a euphemism where it's like kind of a. It's not necessarily like a minced oath where hallelujah just means something specific, right? I but think like it, it's, you know, it just becomes vague. It's not really doesn't really make any sense on its own i think it's right? like a an orgasm noise seems to be something like that that would be my my understanding of it either that or they're talking about the uh the george harrison song but then they'd play a clip from that i think oh yeah that's, pro- that's probably it. <laughs> my sweet lord <laughs> yeah because <laughs> uptown funk will give it to you uh saturday night is a popular night for doing activities yeah in the spot yeah, another th- term for the spot, the G-spot, Alex. Boom, yep. orgasms. More sex G-spot stuff. rocks the G-spot. And uh, I guess the next like hooky line and also line that puts across this confidence, which most of the other lines do, but um, the, yeah, just, just watch. Like, you don't, don't, believe you me, don't think watch. I can achieve this thing? Like, oh, just, just watch. Just and that is lifted whole cloth from the Trinidad James song, All Gold Everything. And so apparently this started out as like a kind of jam that Bruno Mars and his band were doing on tour where they just kind of like would say the don't believe me just watch line and like play some music around it. And so that's where the song started. It's very funny to me that a song that has been accused of theft was never accused of theft of the one song that I guess it openly is inspired by, right? It was just like we took this Trinidad James line. There's apparently a remix of this with Trinidad James doing a, a rap verse on it. Oh, so they never got, no one ever said anything about that line? Or not officially anyway? No, and nobody was ever like, hey, you stole that from Trinidad James. Probably because they maybe were like, hey, we stole this from Trinidad James. And he was like, that's cool. And then everybody had a good time. But it is funny that, like, the, <laughs> that's the one thing nobody cared about. Um, We come to the chorus, which is just a lot of don't believe me, just watch. Hey, 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 oh. Um, Alex, then we stop. Wait a minute. Oh. Fill my cup, put some liquor in it. Yeah. Take a sip, sign the check. Julio, get the stretch. Ride to Harlem, Hollywood, Jackson, Mississippi. If we show up, we go and show out smoother than a fresh jar of Skippy. Of Skippy. Peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut butter. Smooth Um, peanut butter. I I mean, they have crunchy Skippy. Smoother than a fresh jar of Skippy Crunchy. It should be implicit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so Stop, Wait a Minute is, uh, okay, we talked about other songs like an attitude song, so it's, you know, it's recorded almost like it's a live performance, so he, the instrument stops, he says, Stop, Wait a Minute. Fill my cup, put some liquor in it. This guy likes to drink booze, he's a party machine. Take a sip, sign the check, Julio get the stretch, we're riding out to all these places. So, you know, he's living large, is kind of what this, this verse is about, he's signing yeah. checks, More drinking liquor. More signs of wealth. And it's yeah. like, it doesn't matter where we go, we're the coolest cats in town. 
Exactly. And they're where, wherever they are, whether it's Harlem, Hollywood, Jackson, Mississippi, if they show up, they're going to, they're going to show out. They're going to put on not only a full performance, but they're not going to hide their sort of their wealth, their riches. Yeah. Cause why, why would they? They're, I mean, according to the song, the best there. Yeah. So this was what in 2014, I think was called swag, but is, mm. I think in more recent years it called was. drip drip. Yes. Yes. I don't know what it's called now, out. though. I mean, it's constantly changing. I had to look up ratio the other day. It, oh, because, yeah, that's a, that's a real I don't use Twitter. specific Twitter term. Yeah. yeah. Um, we probably get ratioed all the time. We don't even get ratioed because that requires people to interact with yeah, us. People would have to care. That's right. Um, yeah, ratio. I was thinking of so the quirky white boy. Do you know about quirky white boys who may or may not have the sauce? No, I don't know about quirky white boys with or without sauce. Hang on, I gotta find the fucking quote here because this is quirked up white boy goaded with the sauce is maybe the the current term for what what used to be drip, which used to be swag. Go, goated, 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 goated. Yeah, like G O A T E D. As in greatest of all time. I believe so. Okay. Um, so the, the first, a uh, quirked up white boy with a little bit of swag, busted down sexual style, is he goaded with the sauce, is the full, <laughs> the full statement. Mm, that's quite a sentence. That's quite a word salad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that one has swag in it, so swag's still around. Swag, a 2014 thing. True. Also a today thing, because swag never left. Yeah, I remember a lot of swag, a lot of YOLO. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes YOLO know, swag. Who was dripping with swag and YOLO, your boy. No, I... <laughs> I think that was 2014. 2014 yeah, or thereabouts. Right? Uh, anyway, getting off topic. But there's not... Uh, are there more words? Have we talked uh, about There are words? more words. Um, we haven't mentioned the peanut butter here. yet. We haven't peanut mentioned butter? the peanut butter. Peanut butter is typically sold as smoother crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> but they're smoother than something marketed as smooth. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're so, I mean, and Skippy's pretty smooth. Like, I don't use Skippy personally. Not anymore, man. I used Not to be anymore. a Skippy boy. Because, sorry, Skippy. Um, you taste like I'm, oil. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the other sauce. But <laughs> are you, wait, are you goaded with the sauce? Goaded with the, with the new sauce. Um, peanut. Always sauce. knew you were a quirked up white boy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's pretty smooth. Like, I'll give it that. It's smooth. Certainly, yeah. Oh, as far as yeah. spreads go, it doesn't get much smoother than Skippy. Or I was more of a craft person because you can get that at the big jar at Costco. Oh, fine, whatever. But like, it's very smooth. Is the point? That's and right. We did not need to describe this, but there you have it. We did not, but it allows <laughs> us to smoothly transition to the bridge, Ooh. where he says, "Before we leave, right, there's a let bridge. me tell y'all a little something. Uptown funk you up. Uptown funk you up." And then he says that a lot. He does. And then he says, if he, he says dance, jump on it, which is like more ad like before we leave, let me tell you a little something and dance jump on it is just basically ad libs. Yes. Um if you sexy, then flaunt it. If you freaky, then own it. Don't brag about it. Come show me. Come on, dance jump on it. All this to say Dance to this song, which is uptown funk. Yeah, I, I suppose um I suppose it's probably considered empowering in a way like oh yeah it's a sort of like a, it's not 
it's tucked in. Like some thong- yeah. songs are an anthem of like, uh, you know, like Born This Way by Lady Gaga. It's like, listen here, you freaky sacks of shit. Love yourself and yeah. flaunt it. Whereas this one's like, hey, by the way, we're here to dance, but also you got to dance too because you're all good. Yeah. We don't need to spend too much time on that idea. Yeah. Um, Uptown Funk, Alex, define it for me. Describe it to me. Use it in a sentence. I mean... But sentence better not be Uptown Funk you up. Is Uptown just like a nicer part of town? I I was never totally clear. Yeah, because she's an Uptown girl. She's been living her Uptown where she's a downtown guy like Billy Joel. Yes, but that's my that's my only reference. Can you imagine if we just sharp turned and just started talking about Uptown Girl only? <laughs> so this is a Billy Joel podcast again. Um, Surprise. yeah, no. So so why she's an Uptown girl? She's like Uptown Manhattan. She's from a uh, she's from the nice part of town. Yeah, and this is a New York song, even though he talks about different different neighborhoods. Yeah, they they bring their New York flair. Um, and I based think on the based on the um, music video, it is a New York song. Or is it a Hollywood fucking backlot, Alex? But yes, yeah, it is definitely like not shot in New York. But it's it looks like New York. It looks like New York. I think Uptown Funk can be summarized in verse one. Got Chuck's on with Saint Laurent. There you go. Because the funk part, because funk's a little down and dirty, unless little you're funk, little uptown. Pomple Moose. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, got chunks on. Chucks on. That's your funk with the with the, the fancy ass clothing. And so they're saying they're bringing it. They're classing up. They're equal parts, you know, classy and dirty, funky, uptowny and funky. And it's gonna it's gonna rock your body or whatever. Everybody. Yeah, it's sort of a. Like, it's a vision of wealth that is not necessarily generational. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, like it's wealth, but it's not tied to the culture of the wealthy. Right. It's a wealth that, is, that enjoys the nicer things in life, but can appreciate that something as accessible as Chuck's are somehow also can also be the nicer thing in life. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not it's not generational. These people maybe wear chucks because they came up from chucks. You yeah, know? I only say it's not generational because generally, like if you get generational, you start to shift social classes, and then now you have different norms. Yeah, you and you would never wear a pair of chucks if you were born rich. You would never wear chucks if you were rich. That's my theory. It's known. It is known. Um, that is the lyrics to this song, though. So, like, really, the song is more about the attitude than it is about yeah. the lyrics. The lyrics are a lot of fun references to Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, there are, of course, lines that call out to, like, there's a Cool in the Gang song called Too Hot. Um, you know, there's references to the Trinidad James song. Uh, so it's the song is like a, it's almost a greatest hits of things that came before it, particularly in the funk vein. Yeah, which, I mean, it makes sense. That's, I mean, it is literally using pieces of them, putting mm-hmm. them together. Or seems to be. So, and it's kind of celebrating them in a way. Yeah. So. And it does that instrumentally, does that. too. Alex, tell me yeah. about it. Let's talk about, yeah, yeah, yeah let's, talk about some, let's talk about some instruments. The first one is a man. Is a man with a voice. The yeah, I don't know. Is that a reference instrument. to something? It's a bass line. Um, no, I think that's just... <laughs> 
It was just a bass um, line with some hand claps behind it. But they do have it. some funky guitar, you know? It's that fast strumming, like, high electric guitar. I found it associated with Prince. I don't know exactly if that's the... Or it's like And, like, um, Minneapolis? But I don't know if that's specifically... It seems very similar to that style to me. Yeah, there's some elements of this song that sound a bit Prince-inspired. Both that guitar and some of the synth stuff has a bit of a Prince tone to it. In my opinion, I'm not a huge prince guy even though i, I like uh, yeah stuff. that's i think that's i think that's true because they kind of like use the synth as horns mm-hmm. in a way that prince would have done <laughs> right so we get that brief uh intro we get all the sort of elements right off the bat there and then we shift to just drums and vocals yeah and it has it has a couple sections so it does that it does that, but like, I mean, we talked about the different parts of the song mm-hmm. when we were talking about the lyrics, and it's broken up into, on, on Genius, it's broken up into verse, refrain, and then pre-chorus, and then chorus, so it's like, there's a lot of time to build into that chorus, and it's really sort of feels like it's holding it back, you know? So by the time you get to the chorus, it hits pretty hard. Yeah. And it's like, and yeah, like the energy is there in the verse because we get the like the drum beats are just big, heavy beats and you get some subtle uh, bass and guitar underneath it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we, I, we get a very big build in that pre-chorus section. That's true. It's like, I mean, everyone's shouting mm-hmm. and things are getting louder and it's like a laser charge up sound and yeah yeah, with the synthesizer and like yeah like there's a lot going on there so it's yeah it gets i mean it gets really exciting and i mean that's that's one of the reasons i think it's so good at um or or so common at like just whatever dance people are drinking a lot at you know oh yeah like whatever jelly bean they had for children, probably. Whatever jelly bean do they still do those? I don't know. I don't know. <clears throat> no, kids drink now, so it's, it's oh, yeah. a little different. <clears throat> but the rest of the song is kind of like we talked about it borrowing elements from other songs, but it's like this song is kind of built on hooks. Like there's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. You know? Like even that first bass line pulls you in, and then some of the other lines with, I mean, getting into the. Um, Girls hit you, hallelujah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's and a like, hook. Like, yeah, hooks and bits you can you can sing along to. Of course, the uptown funk gonna give it uptown funk yeah. up all that. Um, don't believe me? Just watch the yeah. chorus. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of those. Even pieces. though I'm too hot, hot damn is like call and response. I'm too True. hot, yeah, hot damn. Yeah, you can sing along with the hot damn. That's right. This this song asks the short. question: What if all hooks? Yeah, what if all hooks? And it's like, yeah, okay. It's going to be the most popular thing <laughs> of the last decade and a half. Yeah, easily. Um, so. So, yeah, you got iconic elements in here. In the chorus, you yeah, got those horns. Everywhere. Um, you got the fucking. You got the do 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 do. It's all big energy in that chorus. It comes down for the next verse. Um, because he breaks it down like it's a. We talked about. Right, just stop. stop. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The the attitude on this, just the pure like, it's a it's a recorded live version basically. Like it has all the the kinetic energy of a live performance put on wax and cleaned up by thirty three yeah. people, <laughs> which is which is pretty impressive. The the energy it has. Mm-hmm. Like I can see why it took so long to put together. No kidding. 
Apparently they like one of the versions of it was like a hard rock mix that they had put together. And at one point Bruno Mars shouted something like, let's burn this motherfucker down. Hmm. I'd listen to that. At I least would listen. Once. I would love to get the, the very many versions of this over the, apparently over a hundred takes of this. Wow. At least. So I would love to get my hands on those and see the, the some of the like very different ones. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Um, um, what else happens? Oh, I guess the other thing on verse two, and one of the reasons it kind of feels a little different from verse one, um, verse one has like multiple tracks because there's people singing along with him. Right. But the lyrics, but they're pretty much just doubled the whole time. That's right. Whereas in verse two, you start to get some playing around uh, between them. We talked about call and response. We talked about the stop, wait a minute. And yeah. then, but like there's lines that only the band says and there's lines that only he says and they kind of trade off sometimes so it feels more like that like you said they're actually together and trading off yeah it's very like energetic kinetic you hear the the fucking vocals shifting from the big group to just bruno to both to back like it's it moves at a pace this is a four and a half minute song and it does not stop from the minute it starts Um, and you know what else goes on in the song? Pretty much just the same shit again and again. Yeah, it kind of does more of the same. Like, I swear, like pre-chorus into chorus in particular. Mm-hmm. Like, we do the verse, we jump back into the really funky stuff, because it kind of drops down for the verses. Back into our real, like, hooks, and then, of course, into the chorus with a lot of that. And then the bridge, which I guess is more of a middle eight, but it's way longer <laughs> than eight bars. Yeah. Um, and even that has, like, a few different parts, because he kind of starts with, like, I mean, he starts with before we leave, right? So it's yeah. like, oh, we're, the song's over, but, like, you know what? There's, like, it's too good. We can't end the song here. Oh, yeah. We gotta keep it rolling. Big outro we, energy. We feel great. Yeah, I and, guess it's uh, in the same vein as the, uh, the Hey Ya breakdown, isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Shorter, but... <laughs> it's like, listen, and, I want y'all to yeah. dance. And yeah, and like he just kind of says some stuff, says some of the lines from before, and then adds a new sort of versy thing, or whatever you might call it. I guess just the bridge part or middle eight. Yeah, kind of takes a while to get into it, right? He's like, you know what? I'm just gonna talk for a second, and then now I'm gonna do like a little singy bit, which sounds more like a traditional middle eight. But if they just went into that, it wouldn't have that same feeling of like, oh, you know what? I think I might do this now. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk to the audience for a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, it takes us from there to the, the outro, which is just like more chorus work. We Yeah, a lot of that. Uptown Fuck You Up and uh, ad living. Mm-hmm. And there's a few times where they're like, pretend they're going to end it, and then don't. It's still just more like, ah, we can't end it now. It's too good. Yeah. Where the horns actually play, like, basically an ending. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm ready for it. And they're like, nah, just kidding. Gotta keep it rolling. And yeah, they keep going. But they do eventually end it. They do eventually end. And everyone is funked out. They're funked right out, dude. And that's that's the song. So that's what it's about. It's about energy. It's about attitude. It's about uptown and funking you up. Yeah, it's definitely a very energetic song. And like I said, I can't imagine life without it. But it's also like 
I also said it was a bit overexposed, and I think that's where I am at with this song. Yeah, I agree with that. I think often a lot of I'll would. come back around on those, but uh, this one's it's just too fresh. Yeah, too fresh. I don't know, man. I still don't listen to Bohemian Rhapsody. It's only been eight years. Or don't stop believing. <laughs> like true. I, I I'll throw on Bohemian Rhapsody from time to time. Sometimes it comes on, and if it gets into I won't too skip deep it. before I skip, my I skip. I skip. <laughs> skip. <laughs> uh, I'll let it run, but usually I'm like, no, get this shit out of here. I can't do this. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those songs. I'm curious how it'll be remembered, but I can't imagine it'll be remembered much differently than some of those. It'll get just because of its ubiquity. Like everyone remembers it. Yeah. Once Wayne World Wayne's World Three comes out, they're gonna be headbanging to this song yeah. in the car and it's gonna be like, okay. <laughs> but it, it. I mean it's obviously it's tough to say. It's only been eight years. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I remember at the time I was like so over it. Oh yeah. I've warmed to it. Me too. But, um, uh, but yeah, I hear you. I was not into it. It's an it. exciting song. It's an exciting song. Lots in of the fun. Right context, for now, sure. It has a fun little Can't music video that. to go with it, directed it does. by Cameron Duddy and Bruno Mars, who shot the music video um, depicting Ronson Mars and the Hooligans, who is uh, Bruno Mars's band, walking and dancing in a city street, which is really just an, an LA backlot. Yeah, but it looks like it's New York, I guess. New York! Although, like, you can tell. Like, they're not trying to hide it or anything. You can see some of the shots of palm trees in them. Oh, that's right. Palm palm trees aren't allowed in New York City, let me tell you that. Yeah. Can't have palm tree in New York City. No, not It's the wrong coast and the wrong climate. Um, But yeah, a lot of this is just them, like, dancing and vibing and looking at women. Yeah, they, like, got some fancy clothes on, kind of got your... I guess Fedora, or maybe it's a Trilby. I think both are present in the video. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, doing a lot of dancing on these streets. A lot of dancing. Also, it's, all, it's very, like, tightly choreographed. Yes. Like, I guess coming to this compared to You Make My Dreams, which was just, like, them just basically... Like flailing around in front of a camera. Yeah, this is like very, very choreographed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we get them like yeah, they're very well choreographed. They all got bright clothing on, very seventies funk inspired. Um, there's a pizza joint in the back. They're dancing in the middle of the street. Women walk past them and they like just keep dancing. I think they check them out, but they're dancing while they do it. Um, <laughs> there's a part. Yes. In, it's in the first pre-chorus, and it's kind of jumping between shots. If you go to around, like, a, like just before a minute, it's like, and it's jumping between shots, and sometimes Bruno Mars is just, like, thrusting. Okay. <laughs> it's kind yeah. of funny. You know what the set looks like is, like, West Side Story. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, there he is, just thrusting. It's funny, just also like, with those really shot really changes, is. that occasionally Mark Ronson will just appear... <laughs> Yeah, he'll be there. He's just like through. He's in the video at times, and he'll pretend like he's singing or something, but he's not credited with vocals. So, so yeah, he's dancing. He's pumping his crotch. Mark Ronson is in the background sometimes. Um, yeah. I think my favorite shots are them at the the hair salon. Yes, with like the with curlers it. in. Yeah, and then also them at the shoe shiner station. I think those are those are peak. This video. That's yes, the best I, stuff. I like the second verse. When they're like mm-hmm. dance walking, so they're oh, like kind of yeah! cheated towards the camera, and he's like drinking, but like they're not moving their torsos really very much. They're just kind of like sliding along the sidewalk. Yeah, it's hilarious. 
Almost like they're puppets, right? And you're just working the legs. Yeah, it's funny. I guess it's a very like dance thing to like isolate body parts or whatever. But yeah. It's cool. And then he shouts, Julio, get the stretch. And then it just like then they're in front of yeah. the limo. So it's a very and Julio very whistles. Video. I mean, it it's fun, like the song, you know? Yeah. It's fun stuff. They get the limo. They're, you know, but they're just <laughs> just walking <laughs> in the just street ghost with riding a limo. it, basically. Yeah. yeah, they're just walking in the street with a limo around. <laughs> Um, they get their shoes shined. Um, the funny part of them getting their shoes shined is later in there when he's dancing and getting his shoes shined at the same time. So he's like moving his feet back and forth and the guy's got to keep changing shoes while he oh, dances. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fun moments. The shoe shiners also get to, to say the hot damn line. So they're, they're shining shoes. They go, hot damn. It's like they really appreciate their, their shoe shine and what it's doing for the guy. You know, they can tell they appreciate their craft. Yeah, spinning shots. Eventually, you get them in the nightclub here. Big neon stage. Yeah, eventually it becomes a performance. Yeah. And they're on the stage. They're in the club. Stage, lots of neon lights. Yeah. And they, yeah, they kind of finish it as a performance. That's right, buddy. And it's, uh, like, that's the music video. It, it was nominated for a few awards, won a few, because, hey, it was fun. Good, fun stuff. Best music video I've ever seen? Not a chance. Not even close. But it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some fun choreography and and little little things in there. Fun stuff going on, but we got no time for fun, Alex, because we got to get down no. to business. Yes, of course. Talk about some covers here. Starting in the year 2015 with Leo. <laughs> Leo, I think most of these are from 2015. Leo! Yes, we haven't talked about Leo in a long time. Literally years, I think. That's how long this podcast has gone on. Uh, This is Leo. I forget his last name. Um, Um, Capicola. No, it is Italian, I believe. He's like Finnish. Is Is he Finnish? Or Norwegian. I get them mixed up. Oh no, I see that. Moracchioli. It does sound Italian. But if if that's actually how you say it. Um, oh, he's no he reason does, though. So he does what? metal covers of songs. He does. He's and we've talked about him before. He's hit or miss, usually. We have. Um, but we generally typically or, more like, hit. Typically we at the very least like kind of respect him like he's very earnest and seems like he's having a lot of fun when he does this stuff yeah and i think he has because we've kind of talked at different points of his youtube career he's been at it a while yeah he definitely has improved so like the later you get in the years the better his covers tend to be that's it sorry it sounded like you had sounded like you had a follow-up to that line uh it didn't uh, sound like it wasn't over um yeah but this one um he i think he does a pretty good job of maintaining the energy yes um which i guess it being metal probably that helps yeah but you can Can you can slug and chug with metal some some metal versions that are not good and so that's what i'll say i don't know if it is a genre Mm. but he is good at like pop metal he can take the popular elements of metal and like you know adapt into a popular song yeah and like 
this version in particular, I guess because it's from this very funky song, it, like it, it kind of it feels funky, obviously, because it's using those elements, but it's not doesn't feel totally out of place, you know, even though it's still like sounds very much metal. Mm hmm. Um, the kind of backbone of this version is that he takes the opening bass line do 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 and yeah. like that puts that on the guitar and turns that into kind of the main riff of the song. That's right and he still does the vocal bass line but it is on a a real crunchy guitar. Yes, it it, it doubles but then it mm-hmm. kind of stays on the guitar for more of the yeah. song. Um and then it's more growly in terms of the lyrics. So like you got the hot damn but it's like a growl. Hot damn. Yeah, so his like regular vocals are kind of just like uh, just like classic metal, and then you get the growly like backing vocals. Yeah, there's a point I couldn't. I don't. It's probably not what happens, but so I have a timestamp. It's one oh nine. Yeah. Kind of sounds like it just says like shit, fuck, <laughs> shit, fuck. <laughs> I don't think that's what he like actually that. says, but I don't know. <laughs> don't know what it is. It's not marked as explicit, so. Um, no, not a clue what he could be saying. Yeah, but yeah, anyway. he does that, and when he brings in the chug elements, like on the chorus, it's like boom, but don't, 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 like it's still not. Uh, it still, doesn't, it doesn't feel tired. Like sometimes we hear a metal chug come in on a cover, and it's just like, oh dun, fuck, dun, here dun, we go dun, again. Dun, yeah, dun, 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 definitely. Dun, dun, dun. Like you said, can get a little sludgier. Mm-hmm. He's good at finding the balance between sounding like the original and sounding like your own thing. I think he, he's really struck a good balance here. Yeah, uh, throws a guitar solo in too. It's kind of like it has a guitar solo and then like a drum solo afterwards, and I thought they both sounded pretty cool. Yeah, um, like like you said, like. It captures the energy of the original and makes it metal energy. Yeah, and also shortens it a fair amount. Like, he doesn't have any of the bridge in there. Just kind of, like, makes it... I mean, you Yeah, he doesn't actually have poppy. the Uptown Funk section. Yeah. <laughs> no Uptown Funk and Uptown Funk. But it's still Uptown Funk. Yeah, um, but I also think that was a good choice. Yeah, it was... Like, I'm struggling to think it would have probably just got kind of mired down in that. The way he's performing it. It, it doesn't feel as naturalistic. Yeah, in terms I think of I'm focusing yeah. on the "Don't Believe Me, Just Watch" line, which is, of course, like we said, the song's all hooks. Just pick yeah. one. He picked a good. Yeah, one. exactly. <laughs> pick one or like two if you're feeling saucy. Mm-hmm. If you want to be on the sauce or whatever, and plays well in a metal context. Like hearing him growl, "Don't Believe Me, Just Watch" is like believable. It's like, yeah, this could be a metal song. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, great song. Great, great cover. I love this. And, of course, as Leo songs do, because uh, he's, like, a YouTube artist, mostly, there's a YouTube, uh, or there, let me, let me fr- rephrase that. There's a music there video a YouTube. on YouTube. Uh, yes. There's a YouTube. And it's just kind of him playing the song. Yeah, which is kind of like how a, he a suit. does music videos. But in this one, yeah, he's kind of dressed up. He's got a suit on. He's got a fedora on. Again, might yeah, be Trilby. A fucking massive beard on him. He's got that beard. He's kind of dancing as inspired by the way Bruno Mars dances a little bit. Uh, he's got kind of an old style microphone. 
says a little bit yeah. of it seems like he's having fun as always <laughs> that's yeah, kind of how it seems fucking just yeah with his tied up beard having fun in his studio space it's a good time you get the classic you know shots with the camera on the guitar um yeah. yeah also he like he was performing all the instruments so it's just cutting between shots of him performing yeah, it's kind of between him playing performing different stuff. instruments and Speaking it's black and white instruments and that's it it's the video it's time for us to cut to the aramis string quartet and also the year 2015 yes aramis string aramis i picked this one for two reasons Sure. The first reason was I thought that Aramis was the name of the painted world in Dark Souls 1, but it's not. Oh. It's Ariamis. Uh. Which is close. The other one is the opening sound, which I thought was really cool. Right. The way the strings sound right off the bat. This yeah, one has a very right like aggressive sound to the strings, and that's very cool. Um, yes, but that's all it brings, I think. That's mostly all it brings, yeah, because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't keep it up. And I think part of no. the reason is the mix. Mm-hmm. So this is oh, an yeah. unusual string quartet cover because it has a drum kit in it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, don't... Yeah, the drum kit's like two studios away, though. Yeah, they're not set up right to record the drums, I don't think. It feels like someone who doesn't have much experience recording drums had to record the drums yeah um i've been watching i watched get back and i watched mccartney one two three um Mm -hmm. because apparently i've been on a beatles kick lately um and i think this was in mccartney one two three which is an interview um who what's his name uh rick rubin interviews paul mccartney um and he was talking about like the way like soundboards and he said like there was a setting that they had it for like classical musicians and then one for rock and they were like talking about oh what if we did this for rock or whatever this sounds like they had the classical setting on Mm. and then they recorded a drum kit and it just like the bottom just low end just isn't there and yeah it's it's just a nothing drum um not my biggest problem with it though though i I agree it is a huge problem um it just uh it's too rigid after that intro. That intro is like, boom, here's some energy, here's some attitude. And then after that, it's just like, we're going to have three strings doing this part, one kind of playing around the sides. And there's not going to be a whole lot of, you know, kinetic energy. It's not going to feel improvised. It's not going to feel lively. It's going to feel like elevator music, baby. It's going <laughs> to. Yeah. Which is a shame because I still like the way the strings sound. Yeah, I think there's some good tone here. Like it's but a, it's an aggressive string sound that's more like New Orleans jazz than it is. I I'm trying to think of like like string quartet in the parlor kind of thing, you know? Yeah, it's definitely got a little attitude to it, but it needs more. Yeah, it just needs more going but on. It, it just feels like it's really lacking. Yeah, better Ultimately. utilize your string section if you're gonna have drums in there. At least you know have drums in there. <laughs> That's very important. Important. Yeah, no. Unfortunate. That's what it's important to have 
better sounds, I guess. That's not what I was trying to it say. It is important. Saved it. Speaking of somebody who is lacking better sounds, Talisha Carrer. Carrer. Came that one half cocked. Talisha yes. Carrer in uh, 2015. Girls hit your hallelujah. Saturday night, a week in the spot. But don't believe me, just watch. Yes, has a very similar problem. Yes. Um, but so also a, this one is like too long. Yeah, that's number one problem. Or maybe number two. Yeah, five minutes of the flattest version of Uptown Funk you're going to hear. Which yeah. is not to say she's a bad singer. So she's a UK-based session singer who does pop, rock, R&B, and jazz. She's got yeah. a great voice. Yeah, it's another one that right off the bat sound, seemed promising. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she likes banana pancakes. Don't... In her bio. I, no, I didn't catch that fact, but point. Um, oh, okay. So I went to her Facebook, and apparently she's mm-hmm. available as solo, duo, trio, and five piece, uh, but not four. Uh, not four. Weird. That's anyway, strange. Um, yes. So this is. It's like. It sounds like they're going for like a chill thing. Yes. And it slows it down, and I think that could probably work. Um, yeah probably this one's kind of built around like this you know chill stuff it sets up the rhythm on the on the drum machine and stuff and and gets this like looping synth sweep going on and there's like a tambourine and like fine i'm actually kind of on board still Hmm. um and some of the moments of her singing get into like some more expressive stuff and like a little more like talky yeah cool but mm-hmm. it doesn't happen that much yeah it's and just then, not enough yeah. by the time we get to like the second half even the final two-thirds of the song it's just kind of flat yeah um not to mention all the scat in this version almost didn't i forgot about that is it's kind of because of the like intro do, 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 like it's is do, do, do. voice. Right, it's, I almost like forgot that that was it's acceptable in the world. Different. Um, yeah, it's just very flat. Um, I talked about attitude. There's no, there's it's too chill to have an attitude here. She tries a little some talking here and there or some other things, but it's just kind of dragged down by this chill rhythm that goes nowhere. This, but even like like if you go chill, you can still go like laid back and confident. Right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna have some versions that do that a little better, yeah. but, but it's not. It's not this one. It's not this one. This one is uh, a flat affair. But let's talk about something more exciting than Alex. Let's talk about Fat Boy Slim, Jerome Robbins, and Idris Elba in yeah. 2015. Fat boy about to get up in here. Gonna get your body moving to the double to get look good, feel good, and we feel alright. Got the kind of kind of energy that lasts all night. Yeah. Um, I couldn't find much on Jerome Robbins. Um, I just got from his Spotify thing. He's an occasional provider of half yeah. decent house music. So he's a producer. He's a house producer. Fat boy slim. I think fairly well known. Um, like he's um, been around for a yeah. while. Producer of Electronic music. Yeah, he that song "Praise You" is kind of his big one. Also, did Rockefeller Skank? Hey, 
the Funk's old brother? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fat Boy Slim. Super white English musician who made two songs everyone knows. Um, he helped popularize the beat genre in the 1990s. What that genre is, I didn't bother to look up because I have just half Yeah, it so he's week, got some like history. And then he's just Elba, who's also an actor in things that is pretty recognizable. I would say is also a DJ, producer, rapper, and singer. He is an actor. <laughs> right. He's and also a lot of does things. this. But like in terms of where I would recognize him from, it's like... It's from his musical career. Yeah, from his musical career, obviously. <laughs> it's from his appearance in Marvel films and hit TV shows like Marvel The Wire. Films. Yeah, and The Office. The Office and Luther and... Uh, Luther. I remember Luther. I didn't make it past the first season, though. No, me neither. Ended on a cliffhanger. Yeah. He does hip-hop, uh, African music, reggae. He sings, he raps, he produces, he DJs. Yeah, and I if you have, want to hear his voice, it's featured prominently in this dub so the Don't mix, Believe Me Just Watch. Version. This is a dub version. Um, yeah, so we and open up You can hear the dub him. stuff. There's a lot of that like really low-frequency bass, which I think is very, very much a dub thing. Very much dubby, and of course, as we know about dub mixes, they're predominantly instrumentals, which this version is. It is. I think it's what point there's. They do the first verse, but it's not till two minutes and forty seconds in. Yeah, we're just about three yeah. minutes in before we get the first verse. Before that, we do get uh, Idris telling us uh, that me and Fat Boy about to get up in here. Got to get your body moving to the dub of the year. Look, feel good, and we feel all right. Look good, feel good, I believe is what he says. We feel all right. Got the kind of kind of energy that lasts all night. Yes. Another cocaine reference? I think it's just meant to be good music. Probably maybe. not. Maybe. maybe. Ambiguous. Um, what else happens? I mean, it's a remix. You know, they, they use the different elements of the song throughout. So they throw in like a drum machine, pretty heavy beat, and like get the like funky guitar. Yeah. So I think it's more like we've talked about dub a little bit in the past. Mm-hmm. More supposed to be like danced to than anything. For so sure. And I think it achieves that. Yeah. And we talked about, you know, pick a hook. They pick don't that believe vocal me, just watch. Yeah. And the don't believe me, just watch. Like they pick the right elements. A big thing they do on this um, is the sort of like ping ponging back and forth between your left and right speaker on sounds. I didn't pick up on that. It'll be like, wow, 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 wow. Um, they'll chop stuff up. They'll chop up certain samples. I'll start on one side, go back and forth. I guess if you're thinking in terms of like a live performance where there's like a DJ on the stage, faders mm-hmm. left and right are pretty prominent. Like that's one of the con- things you can control very easily. So like right. if you're sitting in a beat, you can just be like, oh, we're going left and now we're going right. So I imagine it's pretty common in this style. But and you get the audience to move to each side. It's, it's <laughs> Create they a wave. Towards the speakers. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think they establish a great dance version of this. You, of course, eventually get the, the first verse. But more importantly, me and Fatboy about to get it up in here. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That happens a couple times. Um, and it is the dub of the year, Alex. It is the dub of the year, which I hadn't heard of. But I wouldn't have known much about dub in 2015. No, certainly not. Um, it also has like a hand drum solo. 
Yeah. Well, maybe not quite a solo, but like section. I did call it a solo. It's yeah, it's definitely like an instrumental break led by the hand drum. Yeah. So that's, that's fun. And at least this version has some bass, which the Aramis string quartet could have used a little bit more of. Oh yeah, easily. I'm not saying they need to crank the low end or anything like that. And I understand I that bass frequencies and sub bass are often overused these days in some people's opinion. I'm not trying to say that everything needs a ton more bass, but that version. What are you trying much. to say, Alex? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I'm trying to justify myself. Yeah, I don't think you're saying anything that people are going to object to. I don't think there's that many Aramis String Quartet fans here. <laughs> I, I know it's controversial, but I think the song doesn't have enough bass in it. Yeah, tell it like it is, Alex. But not this actual one we're talking about. This one, yeah, plenty of bass. Bass for days. Bass for days. If I'm at the, the reggae dance hall and this comes on, buddy, I'm, I'm dancing. Absolutely. What else are you going to do? I don't know. It ends pretty uh, definitely with that do 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 do. It's fun. It's, it's over. good stuff. You're done dancing. You just elbows on it. It's another one of those songs that you're probably supposed to fade into another one. So like the ending doesn't necessarily matter that much. Yeah, the ending's more like the start of another one because you hit that dough and then you put on the workout mix of uh, <laughs> you make my dreams. <laughs> oh man, can't believe we did a re- workout mix of that recently. I know, right? What a what a thing. But we're going to talk about somebody we talked about recently, as recently as February. Yeah. Probably January for us when we recorded Shelly Sony in 2016. He did a cover of Kiss from a Rose on this same album. That's ranked. Uh, so she's got like a big bossa nova and reggae background. Yeah. And um, in keeping with that, this is a much chiller version. Mm-hmm. This and is I your th- chill confidence, though. Yes, this is definitely she's having fun with these vocals. Works better than the Talisha Car Car. Car- Carrer. 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 It's two R's. Um, yeah, Maybe right off the, the bat, even anyway. the guitar that opens this song has more personality than the entirety of Talisha's five minutes. Yeah. And it's and just like classic bluesy, long. like, fuck guitar. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty smooth, eh? Yeah. Um, and the se- the tones themselves... Yeah. Are stronger than yes. what we heard in that, the versions that we complained about the tones in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good tones, good groove um, on the bass. Yes, it's mostly based around that bass line. Uh, pretty synthy bass, and it kind of later on changes uh, tone a bit. Um, I, I think it's, it's either a slowed down version of the acapella part or like vaguely based on the acapella part. Like yeah, the, I think the it's opening baseline basically vaguely based on it. Yeah, because it has some similarities, um, but doesn't seem to be quite as quick. Um, and then other than that, it's like a pretty spacey synth harmony kind of thing with like yeah. a lot of different synth sounds filling out, and there's like some subtle guitar licks and stuff. 
Yeah. Um, which, of course, as it gets to like the kind of second half of the song where it picks up a bit, that bass line gets really buzzy. Yes. Um, although, honestly, like it kind of has like the before the chorus part and the chorus and afterwards. Because once you hit the first chorus, it kind mm-hmm. of jumps up a bit and pretty much stays there. Like, it, yeah, it's a bit I of a discontinuity and then maybe builds a bit, but like it's mostly um, consistent, but not like in the boring way of the Talisha, because like it's stronger all around. Yeah. Because you have a vocal performance where you can tell that she she likes what she's singing, like she has fun with it, she'll hit high notes, she'll talk things out, like her hot dams are really fun. Right, I was, this one, I wasn't sure if she's going to use backup vocals, and she does sometimes, but sometimes mm-hmm. she does the backup part herself. That's right. Um, I like that she has a soft J on Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson. At around the 150 mark. Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah, she's from, like, Norway or something. She's from somewhere. She's from somewhere. She's from um, the kind of soft J part of the world. But, like, because it's, like, her parents are from, like, Brazil and Jamaica or something, but they immigrated to, like, again, like, Norway or something like that, so. Right. I I had the information somewhere, but I've lost it. You had it somewhere. It's lost to time, though, Alex. Yeah, Norway. Oh. Oh, Brazil and Argentina. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, there you Um, go. Um, one query, problem, question I have with this. Sure. Um, let me see if I can find the time mark for it. Lahan, yeah. Is it 110? No. Okay. What happens at 110? Uh, she says, Uptown Funk, gonna give it to you, but she says, Uptown Funk, gonna give it to... She does, like, I ams. Huh, let me see, let me... But it's not quite pentameter, because it's only four. Oh, yeah, it is like I ams. Hang on, no, it's around. Let me see here. Not the cat food. Two forty-five. Okay, maybe a little closer here. She talks about. She says she does the intro for the outro, as I call it. To let me tell you something. Um, but she's. It sounds like she says, "If you're sexy, don't own it." It does. It does kind of sound like she's saying, "Don't." I think it's just how she pronounces "then." Oh, like "den" own it, but. Because, like, I don't know why she would say, like, if you're sexy, don't flaunt it. Yeah, don't flaunt it. <laughs> like, oh, okay. shit under wraps. Um, but, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, and this one also features scat at the end. <laughs> it does. I keep missing that. Can't get it past me, Alex. Don't, don't, don't. But yeah, she's basically doing the intro, though. That's right. Like, more or but less. All all uh bossa novi yeah after hearing talisha's version i was like oh fuck these other versions that are slow are gonna suck as well this one was good though i like this one yeah much stronger much better put together yeah speaking of people who are put together jamie cullum in 2018 stop that
Jamie Colum, I really like the sounds in this one. Lots of good sounds. Hey, great, Alex. He's an English jazz pop singer-songwriter oh, and radio presenter. Um, he plays piano. He also plays some of his other instruments. He does a weekly Tuesday evening jazz show on BBC Radio 2. So this is jazz pop, and you really like the sounds on it, Alex. Tell me about it. Yes, the sounds, good sounds. I mean, I think I just like low-end on grand pianos. Oh, yeah. Because, um, like, he's really hitting those low notes. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um, and then it comes back when they do, like, the build and the pre-chorus. Bum, bum, bum. He's really hitting it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you get the, uh, you know, uh, a stand-up bass on this as well, providing a little bit of that that tone on the lower end as well. Yeah, and it's mostly, like, the bass is playing a lot of the same note, honestly. Yeah. But like it's kind of got a rhythm to it, so. Mhm. Where I really like the bass is on the the too hot section cuz it follows him saying too hot is boom boom. On that <laughs> long note it's got a really nice tone. Oh yeah. Um that's got a pretty good sound to it overall and I I would definitely I mean jazz pop checks out cuz it's like jazzy but definitely has like pop sensibilities. And if you yeah, kind of break Yeah, it's not too much up its own ass. Yeah. And if you break it down into sections uh, the way I did in my head, like it kind of starts like with more of like jazzy chords and then goes into like mm-hmm. pop chords. This is all in piano because right. it's like starting with the like bleh, bleh, like little jazz bits. You know how jazz yeah. does. Yeah, little trills and shit, and then he does like some more straightforward <laughs> dun, dun, just pulses. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, which is more of a poppy thing. And then the chorus part is actually just like a piano solo. Yeah, that's great. And they do it both times, and it, both times it's a different solo. But yeah, don't believe me, just watch. And then we just nail into some instrumentals. Yeah, which makes sense, because the chorus is just it's just the same line, repeated over and over again. So you could yeah. say that line once and do something else. And Save the song's time, talking probably. about how hot shit you are and like how good this song is. Then he's like, here, let me flex some piano yeah, on let you. Let me show off a piano solo and yeah what a great like move. you said it's like not not a too long solo because it's just chorus length mm-hmm. and then they go into basically doing the same thing again um, yeah which um i looked this up they i like composed and recorded this version in like an hour as a challenge holy um which i there's i, I guess it, like there's a recording of them recording basically like it's a right video essentially but it's just them playing it but yeah it was like a do a song in an hour challenge thing so that's why the component parts are pretty simple but i think they come together pretty well yeah i think if you'd maybe tried to take longer than an hour this particularly with jazz as your bass you might get into something where those chorus solos go on for too long and everybody gets a turn at them and suddenly we're eight minutes in we set up town fuck once and like (laughs) it's just fucking ugly this one three and a half minutes good builds good sense of like you know your soft sections that still have a good attitude to them still have confidence pulling them through and then these boisterous instrumental choruses like that's great yeah And then it ends on a little high piano note and him having a little chuckle about it. Oh, I think I missed the chuckle. Sometimes I miss the very end. I, I, I don't know why. Gotta listen yeah, to the end. But his silence, I'm like, it's over. I didn't quite like the ending on this with just the, like, soft instrumental outro. And then it, and then he goes, ding! And it goes, 
<laughs> hit the highest note on the piano it sounds like nothing yeah do that all the time love the highest note has that ever been used in a song like like legitimately <laughs> like legitimately um not very often on the like bell curve of piano note usage it's got to be one of the it's lowest pretty other far. than being used in this case where you're like let's end on like this really like raspy very high like too high note yeah, like not even considered music, even though it is a note. Like, it's, yeah. it's rough. Um, speaking of piano, to. though, Alex, we got another piano cover to talk we about do. here. Johnny May, 2018. Second instrumental cover of the uh, of the episode. That's right. This, it's been so long since we've done instrumental covers, and now we got two of them. Yeah. What a what a thing. Yeah. So this Sometimes is a composer, entrepreneur, and teacher whose passionate style of playing and teaching has inspired thousands of pianists worldwide. At age eighteen, Alex he became the youngest pianist to perform at Disneyland. He's a Mihalo College of Business graduate and is happily married to his lovely wife and biggest fan, Crystal May. <sighs> Thought that might go somewhere else. After the crystal and then the M. Crystal uh, meth. Crystal <laughs> meth. That's why he's so good at piano. He can really. Um. Yeah. Him. So this guy is like uh, Pete Bent's light. Yeah, I didn't think his arrangement was quite as exciting as our one mm-hmm. <laughs> frame of reference for Pete Bent's, um, which was Africa way back. But he does something very similar, and he's obviously a very talented piano player. Yeah, he he comes at this with like a again, he understands that there's like attitude in the song, he understands that there's energy and he brings yeah. that to the keys. Yeah. Um and it almost sounds like a like a JoJo song, like when somebody's about to start kicking ass, like <laughs> almost it, it kind of has different parts to it, which I think mm-hmm. works with the original cuz the original kind of had a similar feeling. Um Yeah, for sure. But the way he does it is like kind of different styles. So, like, there's a part that's a little more, there's parts that are a little more ragtime, and there's parts that are, like, I mean, they do the, like, like, James Bond, right, thing, Um, parts that, maybe this is just the ragtime again, but parts kind of sound like Mario song, Um, right, but it does kind of seem like he's messing around with styles, and that's sort of what he, and and that's interesting, I I wasn't 100% on board with this one, Um, I don't know why. Well, I think, but I like I can look at it on paper and say, yeah, those are some good things he did. I think he does more good than bad. You're kind of right in that he is. A, it's a little disjointed, and that he's flipping through these sort of different styles, and it's hard to get just like a a real feed of what his interpretation of the song is because it is so many different things. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's just, but it keeps it interesting. Jarring. It keeps it kinetic, but it is that's also true. jarring. Um, yeah, not my favorite, not my least favorite. I think he gives a good go of it, though. Yeah, I mean, like I said, good stuff, good stuff on display. Maybe not totally, maybe it doesn't totally work all together. Yeah, almost like a piano version of that guy who does, who will take a pop song and break it down into 10 second chunks of different genres or bands, right? Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about him in a long time, either. No, we I can't even remember what he calls himself anymore. Mr. Song-em-up. No, I have no idea. Mr. Song-em-up. He's the guy who does, like, song in ten different styles. 
Yeah, and so it'll be like a ballad, and then it'll be a heavy metal tune, and then it'll and then be. He's done a couple time. that are just like this is this song, but if it was on Let's Dance, right? I think he's done ones where like he does like the collection, and then he'll take one part out of that collection and be like, "Here's the full version of that," because yeah, that's think, one of the versions we've talked about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like, um, like he does the, the medley thing and then like you vote on which one becomes a full song right oh and then he turns one into a full one yeah well we're about to turn this episode of cover me into a full one by getting into our final verdicts oh yeah baby oh yeah we got a worst version today we had a best version today and we've got the weddingest version today because this song plays at weddings a lot baby and which one's the best for it alex worst version of this worst version um, there were a few that were lacking, but I think for me, I'm going to say, uh, Aramis String Quartet, because again, and I've said this before, but I feel like it had promise that it did not fulfill. Mm. And some of the promise would be like very, like it's there or it was mm-hmm. there when they performed it. I assume it's just, it got lost at some point in the mix, which is a real shame. And yeah, I'm apparently really just, uh, docking them a lot for that. So yeah, they're my worst. Hey, that's fair. I mean, when, when you take the move to remove vocals in this song, which I think <laughs> relies on vocals, you're taking a big risk there. Yeah. Um, and looking at, like, compare them to Johnny May, Johnny May says, we're going to put the energy in there. It's going to be all over the fucking place, but we're going <laughs> to put the energy in there. Whereas Aramis String Quartet's kind of missing that. And it's, yeah, between, I'm kind of between them and Talisha, and, like, at least Talisha has some vocals that are pretty cool um i think she just her i think her instrumental backing really holds her back yeah it's another one where i think mixing with talisha i think mixing could have helped but mm-hmm. the, uh, it would have needed other things as well so maybe that one is actually oh well i've already said <laughs> i'll people. give it to talisha to kind of spread it around <laughs> i think both are flawed in their own ways but you know they're not i don't think they're inherently bad performers either one of these two i think they've just just missed the mark here. Yeah. Alex, what's the best version of this? <sighs> I think my favorite one was Jamie Cullum. Um, yeah. For those good piano sounds and also kept it pretty simple uh, and relatively, relatively quick in and out. Good sounds, good parts, good uh, piano solos. Yeah, I think it's a really solid version, and probably the one I got most excited talking about. I was thinking about giving it to maybe Leo, but I think Jamie Cullum had like a really, just a good composition, a good take. He made he made jazz listenable. What else? What what greater <laughs> what else is there? Can you ask for? <laughs> what else can you ask for? Yeah, I thought he I thought he had a great performance, good attitude in it, good changeups, a lot of fun, great stuff. Alex. You're at the wedding. Somebody's giving you the, the DJ booth. Somebody's handed you the iPod. What you, what's happening? What's going on? Oh, man. I feel like... I mean, discounting the original, um, if that wasn't yeah, implicit. Obviously. Um, which one am I playing? Which one do I think would work at this wedding? Yeah. I, I think it would have to be... Like, maybe it's a bit of a cop-out, but like the dub mix. The Fat dub Boy of Slim, the year, Jerome, baby. Ra- Jerome... <laughs> Robbins. From Robbins and uh, Elba. Idris Elba. It's the dub of the year, Alex. It's, it's the dub of the year for one. It's like the most danceable thing. 
You're right. It is a cop out, but it's the right answer. And also covers. And, you know, the wild card category in truth is just to to highlight a version that is interesting. while maybe not the best. And I think that's that's this one here. Fatboy Slim, Jerome Robbins and Idris Elba. If, if if even just the novelty of Idris Elba on the track alone is worth being like, hey, yeah, check be like, this hey, out. Hey, is that voice kind of familiar? Oh, yeah. Hey, is that the? I think I'm gonna dance the, to it. The gatekeeper is in Marvel. Hey, is that Luther from Luther? <laughs> Luther from Luther. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Great pick. Wild selection. It's playing at my wedding, buddy. You better believe it. Except um, what's actually playing at my wedding is the string quartet version, but it's not the Aramis string quartet version. He, it's yeah, just a string, string quartet. quartet. Nice. It's playing as as she walks the aisle, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the walk down the aisle song. So we're done with Perfect. the I don't even remember what the normal one is called. Um Ave Maria. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, the one. I'm kidding. <laughs> um do you know that the wedding by David Bowie was written for his own wedding? Crazy. Anyway, that's been it for today's episode. Thank y'all for joining us. Be sure to rate and review us. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends and family about us. Talk to us on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake the Cressy, at some Alex Wise Guy. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email those to us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. That does it for today, and as we always say on Cover Me, cover me, go and give it to you. Don't believe me? Just listen.